your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 387 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. That song you were hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, very special treat for you guys. Making, I believe, his second appearance on Locked On New York Rangers is going to be Brian Souza. Uh, Brian and I were co-workers at MLB.com and NHL.com for a couple of years there. Still very good friends to this day. He also just happens to be a really big Tampa Bay Lightning fan, so we'll let him brag about the Lightning for a little while, but then we also get into some things like uh, impending free agency, Thoughts on Gerard Gallant being the new head coach of the Rangers. Also, some thoughts on the NHL awards, which of course happened just a couple of nights ago, and a whole lot of other stuff as well. Enjoy. All right, and so without any further ado, let's go ahead and welcome in our very special guest for today, my friend and former coworker at NHL.com and MLB.com, Brian Souza. Brian, how are we doing today, buddy? Chick, I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? Uh, doing good, man. You know, just enjoying what's left of the Stanley Cup playoffs here, and of course. Uh, as we know, you are a big-time Tampa Bay Lightning fan. They're closing in. I mean, the finish line is within sight. They're not there yet, but how are you feeling right now, man? How have you enjoyed this run, uh, seeing your Tampa Bay Lightning go to the finals for back-to-back seasons? Oh, well, so far, so good, right? I, I want to enjoy the hockey, but I hope it doesn't last too long, right? Um, yeah, I think that it's one of those things where you kind of waited for the regular season to pass and hoped that they could, you know, make a run again. It's very hard to go to go deep. Uh, you know, multiple years in a row. I know, you know, Ranger fans have seen it, so you know how tough it is. Um, so obviously, so far, so good. They haven't dropped one yet. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think if you're kind of uh, a neutral party, as I kind of am for the Stanley Cup Finals, um, you know, I'm kind of just hoping that it, it goes kind of the distance. I mean, I'd love to see a Game 7. I know at this point you don't want it to go that far. But, you know, something I've been doing anytime I've had a guest on here uh, throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, whatever round it's in, I ask, you know, whoever the guests might be, okay, who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Who are they going to be in the finals? Obviously, you know, the Stanley Cup final is well underway here, and your guys are up two games to none. I know you're going to pick the Lightning to win, but uh, I'll, I'll put you on the spot here, man. Uh, how many games is it going to take for Tampa to get it done here? Are we looking at a sweep, or do you think Montreal fights back a little bit? No, I, I, don't, think we, I don't think we get a sweep. Um, yeah, I, it's very hard to sweep teams uh, in, yeah. you know, in NHL series. I know that it, Montreal did it to... The Jets, did they not? Um, yeah, they did. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's only a matter of time till you know Cole Caulfield puts one in the net and they, you know, get a couple power plays and it starts clicking for them. Probably one of these games back at um, uh, at Bell Center or whatever they're calling it now. But uh, I'd really like to see Tampa go back, you know, up three one and have that chance to close out in five at home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it sounds like an ideal situation if you're a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. Um, now, I wanted to also ask you about, you know, is there any unsung hero that you've got for Tampa Bay this season? Because, you know, whether you're a Ranger fan, a Lightning fan, a general hockey fan, you know, we all know about, you know, Kucherov and Stamkos and Point and Vasilevsky, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, is there anybody that, 
is kind of uh, maybe even exceeding expectations this year that you think has been a key part to uh, to this run in the playoffs here? Yeah, um, you know, it's really not that much different from uh, last year in the sense where the the supporting cast that you really can't win without is the same. And it's very topical coming off game two last night. They really all play on one line, and it's Blake Coleman, Barkley Goodrow, and Yanni Gord. Uh, it's the, they're, they're on a line. They As of now, they're on a line together, you know, the third line. They're just uh, – they're basically the difference between the 2018 Lightning that dropped the 3-2 Eastern Conference Finals lead to the Capitals and the Lightning of last year and this year. Uh, the team has always had a ton of skill and been able to score goals, but you need a little bit of sand. You need a relentless forecheck. Uh, you need, you know, they, they have four, four lines that they can run, and uh, those guys have a lot to do with it. So, obviously, Coleman, uh, you know, scores the huge Superman goal uh, in game two, and that ends up being the game winner. So it's easy to say, and Goodrow makes the play to him. But those guys were, uh, were acquired in the middle of the season uh, before uh, you know, COVID hit in the bubble and all that. They played a huge role then. They play a huge role now. And on the back end, um, it's really uh, the development of, of Sergachev, who is just an absolute monster. And, uh, you know, Ryan McDonough, and I know that we were going to, you know, get into that more and obviously – most Ranger fans have a huge, you know, affinity for McDonough, yourself included, and it's obviously easy to say why. And uh, at this point in his career, uh, some people might be a little surprised to see him, you know, making such a huge difference. But I'm really not because I think it helps to be, you know, have guys like Hedman and Sergachev in front of you. And he, um, he's relied on to play a little bit, but just as much is uh, for the leadership. Uh, he doesn't necessarily have to play 30 minutes tonight, but he still can if he needs to. And he's been absolutely unreal this entire run. So here's a few guys, John. Yeah, no, I mean, McDonough, he's just the total package as a, as a defenseman, even now that he is getting a little bit older. And, uh, you know, when the, when Tampa Bay won the cup last year, I mean, that was the best part of it for me was seeing Ryan McDonough get to lift the, the Stanley cup over his head. Of course, it's a little bit bittersweet because I would have loved to have seen him do it with the Rangers. And of course he was part of, uh, you know, some really lengthy, deep playoff runs, with that team, but that was awesome to set to see. And uh, how about the huge play that he made in game seven against the Islanders? I know he didn't really get an assist on the play, but the only goal in game seven is shorthanded. And, you know, he's got the puck in the corner and makes just a beautiful pass through the neutral zone, kind of set the whole thing up. I mean, what, what can you say about that play? Uh, it's unbelievable. You actually saw, you know, between that and the spinorama, that wasn't because of the great play by Pulak in uh, game four, you know? Um, yeah. You know, those those two plays were maybe the ones that people like saw the most, but it really was, uh, you know, just the most obvious evidence of what a difference maker he is. Because you don't think of him as an offensive player. He's not necessarily, you know, has all the, of this deft offensive skill, but he, um, you know, he really, you know, threw a beautiful sauce, you know, to uh, on that pass. And obviously, the spinorama was it was ama- it was amazing. The fake shot spinorama uh, had Varlamov you know, 20 feet out of the net. So yeah, he has more skill than people realize. And I think he's not afraid to break it out in a big moment. And I think that's just kind of based on all the experience that he's had, right? He's got years and years of these deep playoff runs. Nothing rattles him, nothing phases him. Uh, He's kind of at that point where anything that happens in the course of a Stanley Cup playoff game, he's he's already seen it. And uh, I think that's invaluable uh, to the rest of the team, which is now kind of becoming one big group of collective playoff veterans, you know, all at once. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Bet online offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. You know, to just kind of back up a little bit, you mentioned Blake Coleman not that long ago and really the whole third line also with Goudreau and Gord. Um, And Coleman is actually an impending unrestricted free agent. I would imagine of all of Tampa's UFAs or even just RFAs, he's probably uh, the biggest name. Is he somebody who you would, I mean, I would think you would probably like to see him come back, but is he somebody that you think Tampa can bring back or, you know, their situation with the cap, is he going to be a cap casualty and and walk in free agency uh, this offseason? Yeah, so uh, Coleman and uh, uh, Barkley Goodrow are both going to be UFA. And, uh, you know, it would be really unlikely to see both of them come back. I know a lot's been made of, uh, you know, Tampa and the cap, obviously. They are going to be up against it once again. I would think that the team would would try really hard to bring one of those two guys back, knowing that it's more likely guys like Alex Kalorn, his $4.5 Tyler Johnson, his $5 million. They're both here for multiple years. You know, those guys are more likely to be cap casualties just because of the salary number, where you may be able to keep a guy like Coleman, keep a guy like Goudreau, um, you know, maybe lose a little bit in the skill department, but obviously, um, you know, they still play a huge role and will have to fill that gap for less money, and this is what happens to teams after deep runs. It happens to the Blackhawks over and over again. Yeah, they, they tend to get cherry-picked a little bit. You know, when they're the last team standing and they're winning the Stanley Cup, I think other teams, you know, mm-hmm. kind of look at that and it's like, wow, you know, this guy would be great on our team. And, you know, that's just kind of the nature of the beast, I suppose, when you're winning championships. An unfortunate side effect, I guess, to winning back-to-back Stanley Cups, if you will. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I mean, obviously, we, you know, can get as deep or not deep into it as you want. But, um, you know, the situation with the cap, uh, you know, these, those Blackhawk teams that won in 11, 13, and 15, you know, they did the same thing that the Lightning are doing now. Patrick Kane had to go on long-term IR. They ended up winning the cup while they were over the cap. Uh, by the way, less people on Twitter complained about it than are complaining now, but hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the truth is that at the end of those seasons now, you have to find places to shave cap, right? And that's when Dustin Bufflin gets shipped off, and that's when Brendan Todd gets shipped off uh, before he comes back later on. So, you know, those types of decisions just have to be made. And it's unfortunate because you know that guys who are valuable to the team winning or getting to a championship just aren't going to be able to stay there forever. And, you know, a guy like Kalorn is somebody who, if he's on your team, you love him. And if he's against you, you kind of hate him. Um, But I think he's actually a guy that would fit uh, on a team that needed a little grit and had some cap space. I actually know a team that has some cap space that could use a little grit uh, in the middle of their lineup. Do you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I do. And you know, I, I think he would, he would be a great fit and you know, we might as well just dive into it. I know we wanted to talk a little bit about some unrestricted free agents and somebody that I absolutely love. And he also happens to still be playing right now is uh Philip Deneau. I think he'd be uh, just mm-hmm. a fantastic fit for the Rangers. Obviously 
I mean, to begin with, the Rangers can't win a face-off to save their lives. I mean, they got a little bit better at it as, as the season progressed. But, you know, you look up and down their depth chart, you look at all their centers, and nobody even wins 50%, and nobody has won 50% in any situation in their career. And, Brian, like, how many goals do we see in the playoffs where a team wins an offensive zone draw, you know, it goes back to the defenseman, defenseman takes a shot, there's a deflection, puck goes into the net. That all starts because he won the face-off. So, just for some peace of mind, I got to have somebody on this team who's going to win more than half of his faceoffs. And obviously, Philip Deneau obviously uh, fits that description. And then on top of that, you know, he can give you a, a little bit offensively as well. But I think his calling card is kind of being, you know, a solid defense first forward. And I don't think the Rangers really have somebody that fits that description right now, a forward that is defense first, but then can also score a little bit. You know, they've got some defense first forwards, you know, the sandpaper guys like Phil DiGiuseppe and Kevin Rooney, but you're not really mm -hmm. expecting a ton of offense out of those guys. But with the no, I mean, he can get you maybe like 40 points a season, 45 points a season. And on top of that, going to play great defense, going to be a good penalty killer, just a, a great all around player. I mean, I, what, what do you think about Philip Deneau? Well, yeah, there, it, there's definitely, um, you know, the list of centermen that are going to be available is pretty short, right? So, um, you know, there's, yeah, a lot of them are going to be older guys, uh, and you don't really know who's going to be available. So, I mean, that's actually a, a great call because, you know, if you need somebody to win face-offs, you're, you know, and the list is short, well, then you better go get them, right? Another name I've seen, uh, you know, and this is just, you know, the internet, I don't know how real it is, but if for whatever reason, you know, the Islanders fail to resign Casey Sezikis, I, you know, wouldn't be surprised if that was uh, somebody the Rangers, uh, you know, went after also. I've seen a ton of that in The Athletic and a couple of other places. Yeah, I'd, I'd be on board with Casey Sezikis. I mean, it's kind of the same deal, right? You know, he had just a little bit of grittiness. I would even throw another guy that I've seen is uh, David Krejci. And obviously, he spent his <laughs> oh, whole career with uh, Boston. He is a little bit older. I mean, he's 35 years old. And I know the Rangers, you know, are they still rebuilding? Is the rebuild over? Either way, I think it's okay to have one or two veterans in that locker room. And, of course, Krejci uh, has been part of some deep playoff runs as well with the Boston Bruins. So, yeah, I, I think we're kind of on the same page as far as what the Rangers could stand to uh, to add uh, a center, first of all, and secondly, a guy who, you know, just adds a little bit of grittiness, adds a little bit of toughness. I think Ranger fans are all kind of in the same boat there where that's kind of what they're looking for this offseason is adding somebody who kind of fits that description, so to speak. Yeah, and the two, and well, and, you know, well, look, I brought up the Kalorn thing because the Rangers and the Lightning seem like natural trade partners over this last uh you know, almost a decade now, maybe yeah. uh, they have, they've been, they've been making deals. I hope that even though, you know, teams get new leadership that uh, that doesn't change, those deals seem to have worked out uh, pretty well, uh, you know, for Tampa, because they were able to, a lot of, a lot of those guys have been huge in, you know, the playoff run. So I, uh, I usually enjoy getting texts from my Rancher fan friends around the playoffs that they're rooting for, you know, this guy or that guy to uh, win, the, win the cup. And besides, uh, I don't understand any American hockey fan that is rooting for uh, the Canadians to win the series. Um, I get you get sick of seeing the same teams win. We saw in the NBA where everyone just wanted the Warriors to lose, you know, more than anything. The Lightning aren't even close to that level uh, of a dynasty or anything like that. But, um, you know, people are sick of seeing the same team win and they're upset about the salary cap circumvention and all that. But like, how are you really going to root for the Canadians? As an American hockey fan, one of the only things we have is the, you know, never ending sadness of, uh, you know, Maple Leafs and Canadians fans. See, believe it or not, I think I am rooting for the Canadians a little bit just because, <laughs> just, just because like, 
See, I'm torn, though, because, like, the Canadians, like, on one hand, like, they're this ultimate underdog, and this is David and Goliath, and they've had this great run through the playoffs, and nobody thought they would get there. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, everybody loves an underdog, but do we want a team that's that much of an underdog to win the Stanley Cup? Like, if they were in any of the other three divisions, they wouldn't have even made the playoffs. And, like, is that the best team to represent the sport as the champion? And don't get me wrong, take nothing away from what they've done in this playoffs, but, again, I mean... What did they have? Like the twentieth best record in the league this season, and they're going to win the championship. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know about that, man. You know, so I'm well, a little bit a, torn. It's a strange yeah. thing. No, it's a ahead, strange man. thing because the NHL has a lot of parity, right? And it's always yeah. had that kind of parity. I think it was the Kings who were the eight seed who, you know, they sweep the Sharks and then they go and what win the win the cup. And um, so it's like, yeah, but is it is there that much parity? Because in the NBA, you know that that team would never have a chance. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. To shift gears just a little bit here, Brian, I figured we could talk about, you know, the NHL awards were the other night and, you know, the, the lightning had a couple of guys in the mix for a couple of them. And of course, Adam Fox, he ends up winning the Norris trophy. Uh, Victor Hedman comes in third. Kale McCarr was second. Um, any thoughts on this? I mean, do you think that they got it right? Or do you think uh, your guy, Victor Hedman should have been uh, getting that Norris trophy for a second time there? Yeah, to be honest, it doesn't matter to me at all who, you know, wins the trophy. I think it matters, you know, to those guys, you know, a lot more. I always think it's kind of cool when, um, when guys have excellent seasons and it's either the first time that they've done it or which would be Fox because he's going to have more great seasons or when it's another guy having like an outlier season, that's like the best of his career. I like to see those guys kind of get rewarded. And um, even though you could give these awards to the same old names, right? I mean, you could argue Victor Hedman's been the best defenseman in the league for the last three years and he could be for the next two years. Who knows? Right. But, um, you know, I'm fine with yeah, Fox getting, you know, the award. I think that he was, you know, you tell me, I mean, at least on the blue line, the, you know, he's one of the biggest, dip, you know, difference makers for the team. Um, oh, yeah. And it shouldn't be based on, you know, team success or, or anything like that. So, I mean, Fox had an amazing season. I'm definitely fine with him winning the award. I think that Vasilevsky not winning the Vesna is a little strange because you know the first team comes out he's the first team goalie except the guy who's the second team goalie uh flower you know wins the award so a little a little strange there but i think it's all done on a point system so you know maybe somebody got more you know second place votes and it added up to more points or something i don't really know but as far as um you know how the awards are doled out i think fox is deserving and um 
You know, and so was and so was Flurry. I mean, there's always multiple guys that could win those things. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you make a great point there about, you know, it's, it's nice to see guys get rewarded because as great of a career as Marc-Andre Fleury has had, I believe he was there for all three of the Stanley Cups that the Penguins won. Uh, but he is now, I, I believe, like 35-ish, somewhere around there, give or take a year either way. And uh, that was his first Vesna, And it's just cool to see somebody get rewarded like that, whereas Vasilevsky already has one. And it's kind of the same deal with Adam Fox versus Victor Hedman. I mean, Hedman's already got one. And I was talking about this on a recent episode where – you know, I feel like if you've got two players and they're kind of neck and neck, like we'll use Vasilevsky and, and Fleury as an example here. They're kind of neck and neck as far as, you know, who's going to win the Vesna. I feel like if you're a writer and you're kind of torn between the two of them, you might tend to cast your vote to the guy that doesn't have one yet. I mean, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Would, would you do that? or? Well, yeah, I mean, I, the, the thing that you have to keep in mind when these types of votes come out is that the people who do them are human. So they, you know... Marc-Andre Fleury is one of the most likable, classy guys that there is in the NHL. I think everybody knows it, whether you like the Penguins, hate the Penguins, whatever. Like, it's not Marc-Andre Fleury you hate, except for if you beat your team. Like, um, so I think that that's part of it. Uh, Fleury's a really likable guy. He doesn't have one. He's obviously getting very close to the end. He might not have any more truly, truly elite seasons. What do we know? He's kind of in a, you know, he was in a timeshare with Robin Leonard in the playoffs even. So yeah. I think when people see it as maybe the last chance or just like, you know, a deserving player, you know, sometimes we give out awards based on what guys have done uh, previously and sort of what they've earned. It doesn't mean he didn't have a great uh, season this year, but I mean, if you're asking me, uh, you know, Vasilevsky's the best goalie in the NHL, uh, whether or not he wins the Vesna, you know, I don't think it matters. And I don't think it matters to him either. Cause like you said, he has a Vesna and he's going after a trophy that, um, you know, I think is more important to him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's funny with Flurry because I'm kind of with you. You know, I do think he's a pretty likable guy. He's a pretty funny guy. Uh, I didn't really like him when he was on the Penguins, but it was nothing personal. It was just that, you know, the Rangers course, lost yeah. to, to them a couple times in the playoffs and, you know, the Penguins are winning the Stanley Cup. But I do find it hilarious now because you look back and, of course, Vegas took Flurry in the expansion draft. And it would have been so, so easy for the Penguins to protect him. And I I realize it was a tough decision at the time between him and Matt Martin. But Matt Martin's not even on the team now. And you saw how bad the Penguin goalies were in the playoffs this season. So to me, the whole thing is just hilarious because they could still have Marc-Andre Fleury there winning the Vesna for them. And who knows, man? I mean, maybe they would have played the Lightning in in the conference finals this year, or the semifinals, rather. Yeah, well, I mean, you heard after the first round the way, obviously, you're right, Murray's not there anymore. And you heard the way that, uh, how Penguins fans felt about Tristan Jari, um, who, you know, did his part to give that series away a little bit. Um, and, yeah, it's true, because they obviously didn't think that Flurry's level of play could match what his salary would be moving forward. Um, and, you know, they didn't want to do the thing where they pay guys for sort of past results. But, yeah, they obviously made the wrong decision. They thought Murray was going to be their goalie of the future. He obviously, you know, wasn't. So, it, you know, when those those – things happen and we try to judge them right away it's really now right that you can look back and say oh really that didn't I guess that didn't really uh work out for you and I mean it's further evidence that basically everything Vegas has done from the beginning has turned to gold absolutely um now I want to shift gears your thoughts on has been high head coach of the Rangers um you know, in the offseason, 
I kind of saw saw the writing on the wall because once Jeff Gordon and JD were fired and that came out of nowhere and caught me totally by surprise, did not agree with that at all. But once that happened, I felt like the writing was kind of on the wall. They would let David Quinn coach out the rest of the season and then they would probably move on. Um, but once that happened and I'm looking at all the other uh, candidates who could potentially coach the Rangers, I mean, Gallant was my guy. I thought it was a great choice. I thought he got kind of a bad deal both with Vegas and also with the Florida Panthers. Um, do you have any thoughts on Gallant to the Rangers? I mean, good choice, bad choice, so-so choice. Any thoughts there? Yeah, I'm no, uh, you know, NHL coaching expert, but I think this is a great choice. I think yeah. it's a, a phenomenal hire. I remember when uh, the Florida Panthers uh, fired him at the airport and he uh, had to get his own taxi. And I was thinking like, I mean, look, this guy is going to have a job offer before he gets out of the cab. <laughs> you know, because uh, it, it was, uh, it was you know, pretty surprising. I remember being surprised that Vegas let him go and then being even more surprised that Florida let him go. And um, not that they didn't find – they both teams found great replacements for those guys too and do still have great coaches. But Gallant himself, um, you know, is also a really good coach. I think that I, if I was a Ranger fan, I'd be really, really pumped. It's not really an offense toward – DQ, or maybe it is if you're a Ranger fan, I, I don't really know. But uh, I think that the team's in you know, good hands moving forward, especially because, like you said, I don't know if you call it a rebuild, if it's over, if it's ongoing, if it's whatever, but the team isn't a finished product, and you know that. And Gallant is kind of uh, you know, a guy who could be there as the team becomes more polished and you know, fills out those holes, and uh, I would be really pumped. Yeah, I am too. Um, and the point that I've kind of made a couple of times is that I think this is the most talented roster possibly that he's ever had as an NHL head coach. I mean, certainly, you know, his first gig was with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't think they really had much. They don't really have this storied history behind them. And then, you know, he goes to the Florida Panthers. And of course, the one season uh, he led them to, I believe, the best record in franchise history. And take a guess who the leading point getter was on that team that season that Galan did that. If you want to throw out a name, it's the, wait, is it the? It, it was the Panthers. Yeah, the, for the Panthers, the season. I think it was like, God, it, I, like 2013, 2014, somewhere around. No, maybe like 2014, 2015 or so, somewhere around there. But the bottom line is, it was the best season in Panther history. Gallant was the coach, and the guy who led the team in points will blow your mind. Oh, so it wasn't somebody that like Barkov or Bukestad or no, no, like nobody, that. nobody that you would uh, that you would first come to your mind oh okay um i will be beyond this no uh, i i think you're setting me up for a trick question a little bit a little bit <laughs> um oh 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 is it it's yager yes yes you got it's it got to be yager year, yep 44 year old if i if i'm i'm uh, i'm i'm upright and 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 walking as i speak to you but if i had another 30 seconds and i couldn't remember it i was gonna run to the computer yeah um no, no but i was trying to think of maybe a rangers connection or something like that and that's where it clicked yeah yeah i, I think that was yager's <laughs> only season there but you know again I, it's just kind of a long way of me illustrating that he's done that's more insane. with less you know yeah like i mean yeah. that 40 <laughs> <laughs> a 44-year-old, I mean, and Yager was still a good player then, take nothing away, but a 44-year-old had the most points on his team, and then he goes to Vegas, and I still feel like this isn't as big of a deal. Like, it's not made to be as big of a deal as it should be. He took an expansion team to the Stanley Cup final, and I realized, yes, they had some good players, and some of those players are still on that team now, but 
I mean, man, you're you're galvanizing basically a locker room full of castaways from other teams. None of these guys even know each other, and you take them to the final. It's crazy. It's crazy. And and now that that yeah, that's a perfect point. Sorry. Uh, yeah, because you know you can imagine them being in the locker room, being like, literally nobody believed in me. Every single person. And then you could use that as bulletin board material, even though it's oh, yeah. not true. Some guys are cap casualties and all that. But like, yeah, you, you use the right word. He did. He galvanized an entire locker room. It's something that, uh, you know, Chris Jury probably looked at and said, we could use that. Yeah, exactly. And now you give them, you know, these young kids. We've got Kako and we've got Lafreniere and we've got Adam Fox. And I mean, the list goes on and on. And, you know, it's, I think if you're a Ranger fan, you absolutely have to be excited about this move here. And, um, you know, while we're talking about coaches, this is something. So obviously the Lightning had to hit rock bottom. Uh, let's see. I guess this is two seasons ago now before they then won the Stanley Cup the next year, uh, getting swept out of the playoffs, despite the amazing regular season, getting swept out by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, um, you know, there were some whispers, at least, that maybe, you know, John Cooper could get let go and maybe he's not the guy for this job. Um, what were your thoughts on that when it was happening? Were you still a Cooper guy? Did you still kind of believe in him and his ability to lead this team to the promised land? Yeah, because the success had started uh, so many years before in 2015, and then, uh, you know, obviously getting swept, and we probably discussed it around this time, you know, last year when I came on, you know, I was down there uh, during that Columbus series. Um, not fun, but uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely saw that changes had to be made, not that Cooper needed to go, but that the team had to change, that the team had to get tougher, that the team had to change the way it played, you know, a little bit. Uh, I wasn't really ready to fire the coach just based off the one uh, playoff collapse because the team had had huge amounts of success since he came up um, and really starting with that Stanley Cup run in 2015. So I wasn't ready to get rid of Coop, uh, Coop yet, but I will tell you that, you know, if the season that the next year, which wound up being the bubble season, uh, if that would have ended up being, you know, the lightning peter out, the Lightning, you know, either don't win a round or maybe win one round or something. Yeah, I think I probably would have, you know, felt differently. But I think the team sort of, you know, the front office and Cooper showed confidence in the team, and they sort of rewarded him with that during the uh, run in the bubble. Uh, I definitely thought at the time some things had to change, but more so with the rosters than anything else. And then that happened with the additions of the aforementioned Coleman and uh, Zach Bogosian and uh, Barkley Goodrell. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And, uh, you know, I figure we can wrap up with that, Bri, but this is a ton of fun. It's always fun having you on here, talking a little bit of hockey, talking Rangers, talking Lightning. And, uh, you know, I figure I might as well ask you, I know you mentioned that you don't think it's going to be a sweep. So let me get a game three prediction, man. I mean, does, does Montreal, is this the game that they win maybe? Or does Tampa go up three nothing? Anything you want to throw out there for game three back in Montreal? Uh, no, uh, no, I'm going to say... No, I'm going to say the Lightning actually take care of business in Game 3, and then Montreal just avoids that, uh, avoids the sweep in Game 4, and then gentlemen sweep in 5. Now, if they come back, I'll look stupid, but, you know, if you can't have confidence when you're up 2 nothing, when can you have confidence? No, and especially with the roster that you have put together there. That's not some rinky-dink team that just got hot for the playoffs. I mean, they're here for a reason. They are the best team in hockey, you know, top to bottom. Yeah, well, what I would, one uh, additional thing about John Cooper, and the, I think the main reason why people didn't want to uh, fire him after what happened in 2019 was that he's known as a guy who's had success and won at every single level that he coached. It started when he was, you know, a lacrosse coach um, after he quit being a lawyer at Hofstra or, you know, wherever, you know, he was. So every single level he's been at, 
Uh, he's won. So, you know, and the owner, Jeff Vinnick, uh, didn't make any rash decisions. And obviously, you know, he could have. So it's one of those things where, like, everything just worked out absolutely perfect, uh, you know, for the organization. And as a fan of teams with terrible ownership for a lot of my life, uh, it's nice to have an owner that didn't just make that, you know, that snap decision based on the most recent result. And it obviously, you know, everybody was rewarded for that later on. You know, it's funny. I never knew that John Cooper was a lawyer, but after you say that, I have like no issues believing that whatsoever. That's like, spot on. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a lawyer standing there on the bench half the time. Yeah. Yeah. He's a lawyer when he's, when he's litigating with the referees. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. There it is. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, Brian, listen, man, this is a ton of fun. Uh, we will definitely have you back on here in the near future. Maybe we'll get you on in the off season, talk a little draft, free agency, et cetera, et cetera, uh, as long as you're up for it. No, anytime. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, um, I apologize to the Ranger fans that are sick of seeing the Lightning win, but this is exactly how I felt when the Rangers were just going to conference finals uh, over and over again, like, you know, so 10 years ago. All right. Once again, a big, big thanks to Brian for joining the show here today. Big thanks to you guys as well for tuning in to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.